and welcome to the Hales Owen Apostolic Church. Apostolic meaning what God says, not what man thinks. Please enjoy this teaching, and if you want more, visit the website at halesowenapostolicchurch.org. Isn't it great I'm in service? I love it. 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 You know, it's just beautiful that we can meet together. And, you know, the, the Bible says we should not forsake the assembly of the saints. We should, we should absolutely delight in, in putting ourselves a little time to go to Bible study. It, it should be our, our wonder and our joy to just be able to pray to our Lord. It's so incredible, this Jesus, this life. You know, I no, no, nothing else I would rather do than be in the presence of God. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Okay, here we go to the here we go to the word. So let's just um, get praise God. Okay, the sermon today. The sermon today I have um, titled My House. Or his house, consider your ways. Ha, here we go. The world's gone, another week's gone by, and there is more activity than there has been for many people in, in countries. Many months as people prepare to open many types of different outlets and schools are back, businesses are opening all the time. The number of COVID cases are falling still and the deaths have fallen you know, to just in their tens now. So it all looked pretty, pretty positive for that. But the government warnings are clear. No let up. No let up in being careful. Who you mix with. Social distancing still in force. Wear masks. You know, and I'm sure they would give us sanitizer showers if we would if we'd allow it. And also take the jab. You know, so it's so important. You know, good for us, though. We can have church in a meeting place again. I'm still with all these things in place, a social distance and et cetera. And I asked everyone for their opinion um, and whether to open or not. And the majority, praise God, have stated they want to have church again at the center. So we will uh, prepare to do that, to have church at the center um, next week. And we will need some help. Um, ben wants to set the all, all the all the streaming stuff up and that, so he will need somebody to go and help him set up. And of course, Kevin will need um, help to set all the rest of the things up. And of course, everyone to help make sure uh, we are ready um, to, to have church with, with, that, with the sanitizers and the masks and everything else. And of course, we will give you the instructions. We probably have to go around the back again um, to ensure that if there's anyone else there, we don't come in contact great church i love it i love it i love meeting I'll, you know you know for me you know um as 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 this as your pastor uh, you know it's so important that you know i've got to really enjoy studying because um, if i don't enjoy studying i've got a big problem you know because each week you know we get we have bible studies and and we have and, and we have uh, church service, you know, and, you know, I continue to ask people, you know, to, to try to help. 
and why you know that's for them as well as me um, to grow because we need to grow we must continue to grow our faith you know i, I loved i love the reading from kevin about george muller you probably never heard of him but he was um he was a pastor in uh, bristol and he's seen he's seen so many abandoned children so many destitute children so many orphans and he started a small orphanage and by faith um he began to say right i'm going to trust in god and some days they had no food and he'd just keep praying and praying and everyone would pray and somebody would turn up with a bag of food or whatever it may be until he had thousands of orphans um, that he took off the streets and all the buildings were built, etc., etc. As he said, we have the faith, we trust God, we do, God does with us and grows us. It's so simple and that's for everything we do. And you know, and because things people say could get worse. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really prepare you now. Um, they are gonna become worse, no matter what goes on with COVID. Um, you know, life as a Christian, life in this world will get worse. We can see it. Everything's getting divided, and so we have to be really strong to prepare to trust in the Lord in all the storms, tribulations, fights, battles, tests, trials. That will be inevitable in this life and more so more so as we come to the end times don't forget being the basic things of the world when somebody thinks they're being defeated in a battle or a war they have one more huge attempt to try to win that's no different for the devil he's gonna have this massive battle to change everyone to attack everyone and and make sure people you know uh, live a live a christian life that's just okay um, but it won't be okay for us so it's important and we know what, what the lord jesus said and he told us that all these things he has spoken to us that um, in 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 him we may have peace in the world you, we will have tribulation but be of good cheer i have overcome the world no wonder we have to trust him Every one of us wants to be blessed by God. Everywhere I've been in the world and I'm preaching and I just say that everyone put their hand up if they want to be blessed by God. I have not seen anyone not put their hand up. You know, because if they don't even want to put their hand up and show a little bit of faith putting the hand up, well, guess what? They ain't got enough faith to get anything from God if they can't just put one hand up. So we want God to help, to answer our prayers, uh, to receive things from him, well, me, personally, I want everything he has for us. I want, I want us to grow and grow and receive these blessings that we have and, and have all the things and be, be, be blessed, be happy. We want that peace of the Lord, that, that internal peace that, that, that when, when the trials and tribulations come, that we cast it to Jesus and we work together and, and we feel peaceful that we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And we do not want to be anxious for anything. We've, we've heard that already. And you know what? We don't want to be anxious. You know, what are we going to do? Worry ourselves to death? That's what happens. You know, we get depressions, we, we worry, and then it then becomes clinical depressions. That's, that's the, the, the medical part. And your whole body's chemistry changes, and then they give you loads of tablets, and it changes again. It's just an onward down, oh, sorry, it's a downward spiral. We want the joy of the Lord. Ah, we want to be happy. 
We want our family to be happy. We want our friends to be happy. We just want a happier world, and we definitely want a happy church. Hallelujah. This is our family. So God promises us so much in the Bible. It's amazing. It can be overwhelming, um, the, the promises that he's got. Yet he says, listen, do not worry about anything. Stop trying to, trying to do a thousand things and end up doing nothing. One step at a time. I, I love that old song. Was it one step at a time, sweet Jesus? That's all I ask of you. That's, that's all he asks of us. One step at a time. Take one thing out, put one of God's things in, and just keep growing, and you'll be like George Muller, have a thousand, thousand, thousands of children in orphanages, helping people. That's God's way. So why do we worry? <laughs> why are we anxious? And why do we blame God when things go wrong? Why don't we see the miracles of God in the vast majority of our churches today? Why aren't the churches growing? Why do some Christians grow in faith, word, and spirit, and others don't? Have we separated ourselves from God? Are we going our own way and not the Lord's way? All these questions we have to ask ourselves because we know what the answers are. <laughs> That's our biggest problem as Christians. We know what the answers are. It's not that God doesn't bless us. It's just that, that, that we need to be in his house doing what he asks us to do and not just go our own way. Listen to Paul in Romans 8:35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, so that's all the battles. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You see, more than conquerors, you know, we, if we, we use his power, if we use his word and see and trust and follow, it's great, you know, it's, oh no, another problem, come on God. Come on, God, let's go. What, we gonna, what am I going to learn? What's going to happen? What shall I see? How are we going to get through this? This is, this is going to be another great testimony for you, God, how you helped me through my latest problem, Father. Wonderful, God. Why? Verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What an incredible amount of scripture. It's truly beautiful. It fills us with so much hope. And this hope is an expectant hope. It's not a hope like a wish of the world. Oh, I wish to win the lottery. It's nothing like an earthly wish. God gives us the word to feed us with strength, wisdom, and vision always trying to teach his children that he's guiding us and leading us to the green pastures, to the place where we're going we're gonna to get the, the food we need, the spiritual food to give us protection, deliverance from all the world and our enemies can throw against us. So why do so many Christians fall away? For me, after 27 years, it's 
pretty simple now. The scripture that we have just read is so powerful, but there's one, one thing missing in the list. That's ourselves. Me, you, we are the only things upon this earth that can and do and will separate us from the love of God. It's nothing new, nothing new at all. The Old Testament shows us repeatedly how the Israelites fell away from God's way, from God's house, from his word, and continue to go their own way. In the scriptures, it tells us in the New Testament how the sheep go their own way. It is one of the major reasons why people fall away. They turn away and then fail to receive all what God has for them. Okay, let's take one example from the Old Testament, shall we? Haggai, a small book, two, two, just two chapters. Haggai was a prophet of Israel about 520 BC. Do you know he was only, he only prophesied for two months? What an incredible bit of information that is just two months. And it even gives us the dates and everything in it. It's just fascinating. And the story goes that God's people, within two years of their return from captivity. You don't remember, God took the whole of Israel and everyone, every, the north and south kingdoms, uh, Babylon and, and Assyria. And, 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 and Haggai went to uh, Babylon uh, with uh, Zerubbabel and a, a few others. And, you know, they returned. And God used a heathen king to do it, this Cyrus, the Persian. Um, you know, it's, it's quite a fascinating story that Cyrus the Persian, let all these people go, not just the Jews, everyone goes back to you. He said, go back and build your temple, Jews, he said. He said, and then pray for me. Well, pretty neat, isn't it, being an empire leader that you can send these people back, say, well, I tell you what, I'm going to do this, but you pray for me. You know, paying for his prayers. That's pretty, pretty neat, pretty neat of God the way he did it. So they went back. And it wasn't many, there was only a few, but they cleared the temple mount because don't forget Jerusalem was absolutely devastated. Not one stone uh, was upon a stone and, and, and they did that to the temple as well. And completed the foundation of the second temple in Jerusalem. So they did, they went to work and they completed it, just the foundation. And then all the people that had moved into Israel and I believe these were, these were, were definitely um, Samaritans. These were Jews that had, had intermarried with all the pagan people around, and that's who were there. So whilst the Jews were exiled, um, they began an aggressive campaign to stop the building of the temple. And they succeeded. For 16 years, they stopped rebuilding the temple and began building houses for themselves. Instead of seeking the Lord, they began to see how to please themselves. They built their own houses instead. But they had terrible problems in just trying to make a living. Isn't it amazing? These were the curses of disobedience. They knew about all these things, you know, just like us, we've read 20, Deuteronomy 28, it's so clear. 14 verses, 14 verses of blessings and 58 verses of curses. They knew, but they just pushed it out of their minds and just went their own way. 
This is when the prophet Haggai began his prophetic ministry. He spoke to the tiny remnant of the returned exiles and reflected on just one part of scripture in Proverbs 15, 23. A word spoken in due season. How good is it? So he didn't go like some of them and threaten them with, you know, with, with fire and brimstone or anything else. He said, it's no good people of God uh, threatening and pressurizing God's people. He knew he had to bring them to a place where they could see what was happening. And, you know, and he asked the questions, do you see what is happening to you? Can you see you have wandered off track? What are you doing? So important for us Christians today is to continue to check to see whether we're on the right track. Sounds so simple, but it is why the Lord continually gives us examples from his word to teach and help us achieve what we all can achieve. Not only in God's kingdom, he promises, his house, even in our own house. God is not one way. You work with him, he works with you. They were chosen to build God's house. And yet when they uh, received some opposition, they just stopped and even said to themselves, the time has not come, the time that the Lord house should be built. But listen how Haggai answered from the word of God. Haggai 1, 3 to 7. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, is it time for you? O ye to dwell in your sealed houses, your, you know, that means, you know, panelled houses, and this house lies waste. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have so much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe, but there's no warmth. And he that earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes, just disappears. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. It's so simple, isn't it? They stopped following the Lord and all the examples I'd had before this. They still went their own way to please themselves. And what was worse, the Lord told them, you also go and bring in little, you will eat and you will not have enough. And even you drink, you're not gonna be filled with drink. You wanna clothe yourselves, but no, I'm telling you, you, you won't be warm. And your wages that you will have, it will be in a bag of holes. See, the Lord gave them a job to do and they decided they would go their own way and God could not bless them. You looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house, that is waste, and you run every man into his own house. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit, and I called for a drought upon the land and upon the mountains and upon the corn and upon the new wine 
and upon the oil and upon that which the ground brings forth and upon men and upon cattle and upon all the labor of the hands. It's so simple, isn't it? The Lord wants to bless his children. He wants to give them all the things they want. He, he gives people something to do. And, you know, and he said, he, he, he doesn't say, oh, I'll just give you this to do and leave you to it. He wants to be with them. He wanted to help them. He wanted to, wanted to build this temple so they could have, have, G, have God as the center of their life again and do the thing so God could bless them. And yet they went and just did their own thing and went their own way and did not lay another stone for 16 years. The reason why God this is so simple, it tells us, and yet so difficult for mankind, it was the total lack of obedience. They chose the wrong priorities. They were freed from captivity to reestablish the covenant kingdom of God in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament, that God would be their God and they would be their, his people and he would bless them if they just worked with him, followed him. And then he could, I mean, who doesn't want, who doesn't want the nice house? Who doesn't want to have the nice clothes? Who doesn't want to eat good food? Who doesn't want to have to worry about finance, etc., etc., etc. That's all of us. And it was the same it was the same then. Because they chose the wrong priorities and because they did not follow God and build that temple. And, and the reason why they were set to give the temple first, because that's what where God visited Israel in that Old Testament. It was the temple where God met them. It was the center of their religion. Jerusalem was the center of their nation. And so that's where the whole nation met with God. And it's where all the priests worked in their worship and, their, and, and, and all the work of the ministry, the sacrifices, the prayers, the burning of the incense, the, the helping of people and, and all these things all these incredible things, it was the center. So if they couldn't even be bothered to build that, 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 that house of God, which is the center, how could God bless them? We have several times looked at Deuteronomy 28 and used it as our schoolmaster. Isn't it amazing? It's brilliant, isn't it, that God uses the Old Testament as a our schoolmaster to give us examples of all the New Testament stuff that we do so we could look back and see and read and study and see what happens in the Old Testament. It is, and I think I've just said this, you know, that Deuteronomy 28 is that massive chapter about obedience and the rewards of obedience and disobedience. And let's put it nicely the lack of rewards but we know in the old testament if you read it it actually says these curses shall come upon you no wonder god uses the old testament as our schoolmaster he's give us a whole set of examples 
you know, you know, when we and, and we need a schoolmaster, no matter which way you want to look at it, rabbi, teacher, whatever you want to call it, um, pastor or whatever, whatever you want to call it. These are these are the schoolmasters, you know, and don't forget it's the basic of ed natural education as well. You know, we have schools and we, we call them teachers, you know, but they are our schoolmasters. And what, what are they trying to do? Say, let's just look at our country. We, 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 that this, all the basics of education that every one of us have had come from a schoolmaster. Most of it's school. There's a few people that homeschool. Um, but the, the problem is, is that if we don't build on the foundation of the basics of education, um, then, then we won't get any further. It's the same with the scripture. The more we're able to learn and the more then we're able to put this into practice and do, it gave us all the better opportunities in life, in Christ's, in Christ's kingdom, but also in the natural. You see, God uses these natural ways to show us the spiritual ways as well. But you know, in Haggai 2, he begins to encourage the people. He asked them, who is, who is among you who saw this temple in its former glory? Because we, we can read it. The first temple was magnificent. It was huge. This is a very, very much smaller temple and not, and not as lavish. And how do you see it now in comparison with it? Is this not in your eyes nothing? Because it was like, dear me, what's happened? Now listen, listen what God does though. It's, it's pretty incredible through, through Haggai. God calls the governor and the priest and said, hey, yet, now be strong. And then Haggai said to all the people, what God said, be strong. All you people of the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts, according to the world that I covenanted, the word I covenanted with you. When you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Isn't it marvelous? It's just the same as today. And he called, be strong, be fear not, fear nothing. You won't be separated, follow. And then you will be, and I'm asking you to be strong in your faith. And you know, when you're, when you're weak, then, then, then go into the scriptures, listen to the teachings and see how God wants to strengthen every Christian in everything he does. Not only by word, but by spirit. So my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Oh, hang on, carries on. And I will fill this temple of glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, say the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give you peace, 
says the Lord of hosts. Isn't that marvelous? No matter what the people seen in the natural then at that temple, God is turning around. He said, I tell you what, if you think the things that happened there were glorious, if you if they felt the power and they and they seen the land trem tremble and, and God appear as lightning and clouds and shook the mountains and opened the sea, you know, and, and you name it, he said, and, and swallowed the, the Egyptians up. He said, this glory is going to be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. Isn't it beautiful? That's the same as us today. Man, when he turns around and says that, you know, all the, when the apostles were absolutely amazed at what Jesus did, and he said, hey, hey, this is nothing, he said. He said, you're going to do greater things than these. These, these are the scriptures that you fill us with, with some enthusiasm, some, you know, you know what can I do? What can I do? How could God use me if I, if I, if I just would, 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 would seek his kingdom, his house? If I would seek him first and, and do what he asks me, what he wants me to do. Oh, oh but no, no, I've, I've got my own things to do. And I'll see you when I've got time, God. He carries on. And God carries on. I will fill this temple. The glory, be glory, says the Lord of hosts. This, you know, it's so important. He wants to do the same with us. It's only a couple of chapters in Haggai, and they are a great uh, example of the Lord choosing people to do the work of the ministry. In this case, it was to rebuild the temple and therefore rebuild the nation, which had been taken into captivity. It's no different today. Haggai's message reminds us that we're always going to there is always going to be obstacles to doing God's will. Why? Well, we have an enemy. He wants to stop us building the Lord's temple upon this earth. And don't forget, we sometimes stop ourselves. And we know ours is not a physical temple. We know it's a spiritual temple. God called the church a few things upon this earth. A house, a body, a temple, and a bride. Those are, it's all the same. It's just God's church. He calls us these natural things, so we have an understanding um, what, it, what it is. But we, we are just like um, those people that came out of exile. He said, build, come and build the temple. We're building a spiritual house, a spiritual temple here upon this earth, and the Spirit of God shall dwell in that house, in that temple in that body and in that bride then you will call to him at the end of the age and we will be there with him the message reminds us that there are consequences to every choice we make Haggai rebuked the people for their misplaced priorities and God had moved the Persian king Cyrus to allow the people to return to Jerusalem and re-establish the temple and God's community that would live in fellowship with him the temple being the central part of rebuilding uh, God's nation in that day. It's a great example, though, isn't it? Of having the balance of having faith to do God's will and the works that God wants us to do and what we have to do in the natural. Today, God has called us 
and he has chosen he called us his chosen people to be in his spiritual house upon this earth in his kingdom and god wants us to put him in the center of our lives just as the temple was in the old testament he wants us to put him in the center of our lives god showed himself to the jewish people that same god today has made us the temple of the holy spirit and that's as individuals as well 1 corinthians 6 19 says this or do you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have from god and you are not your own not your own isn't that amazing doesn't that give us a different perspective of who we are for you were bought at the price therefore glorify god in your body and in your spirit which are god's show this world what it is that having god inside us who who we are by what we say and how we are god wants us to build his church in this new testament he wants us to look at ourselves and what we do day by day he wants us to ask ourselves what are our priorities what do we focus on whose house are we building are we building god's house or our house consider your ways this is something i read yesterday we have to be so careful that we do not try to fit god into our lives it's not what he asked us to do reminds us of that scripture about trying to put new wine into old wineskins can't happen the scripture we just read from 1 corinthians 6 10 tell, 6 20 tells us that when we receive the holy ghost we become the temple of the holy spirit and when we are building god's church we are building his spiritual temple the prophets and the apostles are the foundation jesus christ being the cornerstone and we all all these spiritual saved people are the building blocks that we are rebuilding his spiritual temple upon the earth a temple that people can come into it's our church it's just part of that temple we are a building block part of the body of christ and the scripture tells us in ephesians ephesians 4 12 15 and 16 for the equipping of the saints we were given all these things for the equipping of the saints for the training of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ that word edifying means building up speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by whatever joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share that's us causes growth of the body and the edifying of itself in love isn't that beautiful building each other up in love we know we should be working together we know we should be speaking to one another in truth and in love helping each other to grow being an effective working part to enable god to grow his church we're his laborers we labor with him we all want the blessings we all want the blessings we want god to bless us and prosper us you know every everything our hands can do i do for myself 
for my wife, for my family, for my church. I pray for the same for everyone. But we all must be careful. We can end up like the Israelites in the book of Haggai, where we give up doing the work of the ministry and begin to get sucked into worldly thinking and worldly ways. Consider your ways, says the Lord. Some of us have been to churches and have realized that there's been little teaching, especially on what God expects from us to allow him to bless us. We now know we can easily fall into the worldly trap of assuming church attendance, reading some Bible notes and giving a bit of ourselves, a bit to the church is enough to receive all the blessings that God promises and get us into heaven. No, no, it's a lie from the devil. Don't listen to that, please. Consider your ways. The Lord is equipping us to be what he wants us to be. What would do you want from God? What do you want from God? What does he want from you? He knows we all can do something to help. Isn't that amazing? You don't have to be, <laughs> you don't have to be Paul the Apostle. You, 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 you don't have to be Peter. You don't have to be Stephen and be a martyr and get stoned to death. But it is what we can do to help our Lord grow this kingdom of God. Do we want to build his house or will we just concentrate on our own lives and not let him bless us? Scripture in Matthew is very clear. Don't worry. Don't think about what we're eating and drinking, etc. But you know, powerful scriptures. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We are precious to God. He loves us. That songs we've sang today, it's all scriptural. It's all about the things that God wants for us. And it is so important that we realize every single one of us, you know, those promises of God, those promises of God that we see are true. Every single one of them. There is nothing, there is nothing there that's not in God's word about how much he loves us what he's done for us and how much he wants to do for us that's our hope the father help us i pray in jesus name